Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Upstate Unconventional. I'm your host, Nico. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, if you've had a paranormal or a spiritual experience and you'd like to be on the show, or you just want to come on and talk about some unconventional topics, send me an email at upstateunconventional at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. Send me a DM and uh, you can come on the show and share your story. Um, So yeah, guys, ladies and gentlemen, this episode, I have the author of the Lucifer Mystery Revealed, Mr. Esoteric Eddie. Now, I heard Eddie on uh, the Red Pill Cartel, Davey Wavy's podcast, and I heard him on Matt's uh, podcast, The Great Deception, as well, and they were both really interesting interviews, and, uh, you know, we became friends on Instagram, started chatting a little bit, and uh, Eddie's got some paranormal experiences that he was willing to share. You know, we jump into his book a little bit, um, talk about Lucifer, the idea of like an egregore and some stuff with that. But then we go into, you know, what, what are, what are demons? What are these like shadow entities and stuff like that? I don't want to give too much away, but, uh, he's got some interesting kind of lucid dreams, sleep paralysis experiences. And then he's got a really cool, um, kind of glitch in the matrix almost story. It's, it's bizarre, but, um, yeah, this was a really fun interview, and uh, definitely stick around to the end because uh, we finished recording, and I always talk with my guests a little bit afterwards, and he's like, he told me he has another story he wanted to tell, so fired it back up, and uh, so yeah, stick to the end because there's a bonus story he tells, and it's pretty wild. It's not, it happened to someone he knows, and it's, it's pretty intense. Um, so I highly recommend you stick around to the end and listen to that one. But, uh, yeah, I I encourage everyone to, uh, check out Eddie's book, the Lucifer mystery revealed it's available on Amazon. I'll put the link below in the show notes and, uh, definitely check out his, uh, YouTube channel, esoteric Eddie TV. He puts out a bunch of documentaries. We, we went into a little bit the like holographic universe and, stuff like that he's doing he's putting out some really good content and he's on instagram at esoteric eddie so highly recommend everyone go follow him and check out some of his awesome content and definitely uh get his book so with that being said guys enjoy the episode and i'll see you on the next one Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. Tonight, I have a very special guest. I have the author of The Lucifer Mystery Revealed, Esoteric Eddie. How are you doing tonight? Hello, hello. Namaste. Doing all right. It's, uh, it was good to be here. That's awesome, man. And thank you for coming on. Um, we were just talking, and uh, I say we jump right into your book. What was the uh, inspiration for, for writing this? Absolutely. Um, so I've been studying the occult and esoteric for over 10 years. I uh, was uh, fascinated by it early on, about like 12 years old, started getting into smoking cannabis, doing psychedelics and listening to hip hop and, and just kind of like getting into all kinds of stuff and, and stumbled upon all the basics, Illuminati, Freemasonry, all that stuff. And um, pretty much then until my early 20s, I always knew that I wanted to produce something um, worth substance in that field. 
Um, I got, I'm pretty artsy, so uh, I, I make videos too, documentaries, and I've always been a writer. I love writing. I actually produced one of my first successful documentaries on YouTube around 23. Um, it was on the history of Illuminati. They took it down after like a couple months, um, which sucked because it was like getting up there in numbers. And then I actually wrote my first book around the same time. And uh, although it was cool, I was too eager and um, it just was an industry failure. I uh, just never had it edited, should never put it out there. But um, so I've been trying, you know, to, to do something professional and um, right around 25 years old, which was uh, close to three years ago for me now, right around the start of the pandemic, I was like, well, you know, I want to still try and produce something, you know, worth having people check it out. And uh, so I just went for it. And um, the religion, it's religion in, in particular, has played a huge role in my life. And, and it, all my occult and esoteric studies always kind of center around the Bible and religion. And um, I knew I wanted to write something provocative. And um, the I knew Lucifer was a very enigmatic figure that I didn't really even understand too much. And so I decided, let me just take this head on and just dismantle and deconstruct who this character is, and put it in, put it in a book. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And, you know, congratulations on the book. And, you know, it's a big success at a young Thank age. You. And um, yeah, this is the whole idea of Lucifer. We were kind of talking about the, the egregore and yeah. like my my thought of this, because I mean, I've read through the Bible and I, I mean, I've listened through the Bible and everything like that. And they really don't. What do they mention Lucifer one or two times? And then they yeah, say that, Satan. Yeah, it's actually a huge part of, of the first chapter of my book is, is in the English version, the King James version, which was the official English version. Mm -hmm. Lucifer is only used once, which is in the uh, Isaiah 14, 12 famous verse. Oh, Lucifer, how art thou fallen? Yeah, only once. And that just means light bring or uh is it adversary or light bringer uh it's uh it means light bringer yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's one of the interpretations but yeah it comes from the english to the lat from the latin from the greek from the hebrew and um all the latin the greek got it translation correct but it's where when we uh translated into english where all the mishaps started to occur it, it, originally lucifer just stood for something bright and shiny, but also more specifically, it stood for Venus, because uh, Venus is the, the, sh the brightest planet or star um, before the sun rises in the sky. But also, it was referring to an old Canaanite uh, deity by the name of Astar, who was signified by Venus. Yeah, that's, that's so fascinating, because the whole idea of Lucifer for me and Satan, you know, it, it it has that egregore feel it's it's just a thought you know if enough people believe in this thing it becomes real because there's no mention of you know a little red man with horns and goat feet and stuff that's all yeah. I, I, it might even be pop culture i don't know like where, where does yeah. that idea come from yeah yeah i get into the pop culture a little bit in the book i don't dive too deep into satan in the book i do mm -hmm. kind of touch on the subject um, but I make a pretty clear distinction between both of them, because even in the occult, it's it's uh, well understood that Lucifer and Satan are two different characters, philosophically speaking. Um, but uh, yeah, Lucifer is just an archetype. That's pretty much the grand conclusion. It's just an, that's what actually what, I, what I've been saying more recently is that Lucifer is the more recent archetype in the human subconscious, the, the collective subconscious.
yeah and it's i mean i kind of look into like the duality of it all it's like you know i don't i don't know what your beliefs are on this but it's like they say we are gods right you know yeah. so it's like if we are gods then we also are this lucifer it's the light and the dark like we have to find that balance and things like that i don't know what your take on that is but yeah yeah that's no yeah i mean that's that's a that's a cool like perspective on it i think that's kind of like in line with uh most of the traditional cultists you know um like blavatsky and um levy um they tried to the earlier cultists tried to consolidate you know the idea of lucifer and and because to them it was a it was a paradox like how could you call satan the the light bearer it's a paradox just philosophically and contextually so they kind of turned lucifer into this this good being and kind of just made the, all the mythology um fall under this idea that you know god himself is just one being that a part of all, a, a multitude of beings and just like him all these other beings have you know ulterior motives some good and some bad yeah i mean it's it's just interesting because that kind of gets into like gnosticism and stuff right where yeah lucifer is the good the good god and i mean i believe that there is a a, a creator like a, at the top there has to be some type of creator that probably does not get involved the way they you know say he yeah. does in the bible something that just whether i i don't i don't know how to explain it you know i, yeah. I just have no, that I agree feeling, feeling that something created all this and then any lesser deities and stuff that get involved in our day-to-day -day life or you know people invoke with magic or things like that it's just interesting it's, it's venus you know because there's yeah a yeah lot venus, venus pops up a lot a lot yeah in mythology occultism you see venus a lot so what are your how did you get into like the occult you know because that's another one of those phrases that just it sounds scary to people you know <laughs> especially people that don't yeah. understand that occult just means hidden knowledge you know so yeah, yeah where, where did that come in with like your religious upbringing and stuff too was that like a balance or absolutely um yeah i've been accused of being like a satanist like all my life like in high school people for whatever reason thought i was a satanist even to this day people randomly you know think i'm a satanist just because i dare to look past the face value of the bible and stuff like that you know but uh no i grew up in a catholic and religious in a christian home dad's uh, side was catholic mom's side was christian but early on i mean i i didn't like church and i just just knew there were you know there was a lot of uh, pomp and parade about it but what i did like were the stories something fascinated me about the stories and the architecture of the churches and i knew there was something there and um but also growing up um, i loved rock and roll music so i was influenced by like pink floyd and like their whole anti-government attitude and then I got into hip hop really young, you know, in like sixth grade, I started listening to like Immortal Technique and nonfiction who blatantly, you know, you know, talk to you about uh, Illuminati and all kinds of stuff and aliens. So uh, really early on, man, my mind was cracked and I knew that there was something else going on. And I was a little indoctrinated too for, for my early years of uh, on my journey of, of learning the esoteric because I was still coming out of that old indoctrinated world where I thought demons were everywhere and that, that were, they were real. So sometimes I had to battle 
with my studies thinking that, man, maybe it is demons trying to make me study this weird stuff. But eventually I grew up and, and matured out of that. But it was tough to make it through that paradigm shift. Yeah, no, and it's, it's, I mean, it's very similar upbringing for me. You know, my mom was Greek Orthodox. My dad was Catholic, but uh, at five years old, I was baptized in the Greek Orthodox church. And that was traumatizing because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to just be like this little, um, I don't think I've ever told this story, but it was, uh, <laughs> they, uh, my grandmother wanted it done and whatever. So they were just going to like sprinkle some water on my head and say whatever prayer, whatnot. Yeah. And I'm like in this white robe and uh, my grandmother's like, no, that's not flying. Like it's got to be done the right way. So <laughs> out of nowhere, these like the priest and like some of the like bigger altar, I, I don't even know what you call them. They like, yeah. they like pull my robe off. I'm like standing there in my underwear and they're trying to dunk me in this <laughs> like bird bath when I'm five years old oh, and I'm kicking and screaming. And it, it was just, it was a nightmare. So you had like the Greek family on the one half is like cheering, like, yeah. Baptized. Yeah. and then my my dad's half of the family's like traumatized like scared <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was just a freaking nightmare so but, um, man. but i was the same way you know i just uh, from the little bit we, we didn't really go to church after that and then i went a couple times when i was maybe like 12 you know yeah. but the thing that like was interesting to me is that in the greek orthodox church they didn't really read the bible you know the the priest might get up there and might say all right we're going to look at this line and then he'd give a 45 minute lecture basically of yeah. his, his interpretation of this line but it's like and then they would do it in the greek too and it was just i was always like what do you, do you ever just sit down and just like read the bible from front to back and they just yeah. don't do it and my wife yeah. she went to catholic school her whole life she never cracked the bible once in her entire Jeez. so it yeah. just makes you wonder like what are they teaching but yeah <laughs> yeah it's a runaround way it's a runaround way it's like hiding truth in plain sight like i've been saying lately it's like the truth is out there and it's more powerful than the lie and they, they can't destroy it so all they can do is control the narrative it's the same thing they do with the education system the political system it on the front it's like yeah we're here to we're here to educate you we're here to tell you about god but the way they go about it is like this phony runaround way where it's not actually completing the task at all right and it's like so what are your thoughts on like the whole karmic thing like they have to put the truth out there and everything because like you can read the bible but no one <laughs> sits down and just reads it it's just like yeah i'd rather listen to what this guy has to say Man, the karmic cycle. Well, <clears throat> the karmic cycle, to be specific, uh, I used to have different thoughts on it until I read uh, Coming Back by, uh, I never know how to say his name, AC something. He was one of the more famous yogis, um, AC something with the B. Um, but he wrote a famous book called Coming Back. And um, in that book is, is when I re realized and first learned that karma is actually about trying to break out of the loop. I always thought it was just a, another belief system, like, oh, they just believe in karma. You just continually come back as a vegetable or, or, or a pig or something. No, actually, AC teaches you that karma and the whole thing about karma is actually trying to break out of the loop. You don't want to stay in karma. So when I learned that, it kind of changed my perspective on that and, and, um, and, and what we're here to do. And he says that, that being human is, is a great gift. That means that you're right on the cusp of breaking through this cycle. But if you don't, well, fucking all the way back down to the totem pole for you. 
you know so but as far as the bible and them having to tell us what they're going to do predictive programming per se i think predictive programming definitely does happen um, through entertainment and media and to a degree we could probably say the bible is some archaic like just archonic form of that because the bible is kind of a blueprint for how things can go but i don't think it's uh, the way that things need to go and if we only realize what's going on around us we can kind of stop that mark of the beast system from happening yeah that's that's awesome because for me like i said i wasn't religious at all and then when i was about in like 2013 i started really looking in to the bible i had a crazy uh lucid dream that just screwed me up for a while and i've told it a million times i'll, I'll tell you after the show because <laughs> my, my guests get irritated when i keep telling the same story but it's like this led me to start looking more into like the conspiracy route the nephilim things like that yeah. then i got uh into the hebrew roots movement and okay. they they uh they disguise that as like the true truth, you know, like this is what Jesus was teaching. This is the type of Christianity. But the more and more I got into it, I started realizing that I think it's just like deep state propaganda, you know, like okay. the, this is the Old Testament specifically like Leviticus yeah. through <clears throat> uh, Deuteronomy and numbers and stuff. But yeah, <clears throat> it's just. Yeah, I just can't help but think it is all like predictive programming and doing stuff to like, because they say everything, anything that's not like yoga, for example, uh, meditation, yeah. all this stuff, they, they call it witchcraft, you know, they call it evil. And as I got older, and kind of, like you said, matured out of it, it's like, I, I realized like, this is not, it's not all bad. It's all about the intention you put behind it, you know, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, I mean, the Old Testament's a trip, man. Like, we still don't know exactly who wrote it. And I've actually been studying it the past couple of days because um, it's going to be a part of my next project. But what I found, which was which was interesting, again, and it goes back to actually reading the Bible instead of listening to the preachers, because what we find, the Bible tells us who brought, you know, the Torah to the people. It was Ezra and Nehemiah who were actually Babylonian-born priests. And um, it was uh, during the exile, which was a historical event, you know, the Jews or whoever they were, when they were under Babylonian captivity, after that happened and, and King Cyrus came and freed them, it was during that time that it was a 70-year period, right, or about, and some of the, the new priests were born during that period or raised in that period and mingled with the Zoroastrian priests and Babylonian priests. And then um, after that exile was over, you know, these guys, Ezra and Nehemiah, came back to Judah and Israel with the Torah. Uh, but they were Babylonian priests who, you know, probably in cahoots with Zoroastrian priests and other, other people. But the, after that, they just came with this thing. We're like, hey, well, this is the new law. This is what we're going to preach. And, and this is what we're going to do going forward. So it's kind of weird. That's, I've never heard that before. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's and it. it's in the Bible. It's mm -hmm. right there, Ezra and Nehemiah. That's that's wild. I'm gonna have to revisit that for sure. Um, but yeah, so I want to. So you said you were accused of like being a Satanist. So what was your journey with the occult? Like, let's let's dive into that a little bit, and then maybe okay. into some of the 
paranormal stuff because you said you had some like astral projection and things like that yeah yeah i've had two uh paranormal experiences that i that i feel comfortable stating probably happened and then a bunch of other things throughout my life that may or may not have happened you know that we can talk about just for fun yeah but um there's two of them that for sure are were, were very impactful to me but uh my journey with the occult oh man um <clears throat> I think one of the first people who like really brought it to my attention was probably like Alex Jones and David Icke. Mm -hmm. Started like listening to them, um, man, like yeah, 20, 2009 ish around then. And, and again, this was like me barely breaking out of my, my indoctrinated mind. So I was kind of like agreeing with the mindset that, you know, reptilians were real and, and, and not, you know, trying to diss anybody on that but like i really thought you know that the elite were demons pretty much you know that the elite were demons and that was kind of like the mode that i you know looked at everything from and then i got into taught the atlantean and the emerald tablets around the same time and then he goes on to tell you about you know these shadow entities that that exist and that were um, responsible for the downfall of atlantis in the emerald tablets he says that these shadow beings infiltrated his his uh, race and that it got so bad that he couldn't tell who was infected or not and um it just they these demon entities just took over and started like causing destruction so when i was listening to david ike and alex jones about reptilians and the elite are eating people and all this stuff and then um you know the emerald tablets of toth telling me similar things I was like spooked, you know, I was spooked and, and I was actually in high school. I'd, I'd be like giving my own little like sermons like, yo, man, reptilians are real, freaking people out. But uh, I, I think later on, once I started getting into Crowley, you know, Crowley, he, like most people, fascinated me, you know, because I loved rock and roll. And I was like, wow, like all these rockers love him and he must have been cool. And too, he did a lot of uh, significant things, not going to say he was good or bad but he did a lot of significant things. Um, so I started to, once I started to get out of the indoctrinated church mindset, I started to be more open-minded and appreciate some of the things that the occult were, were attempting. Because when I started to read their stuff, I was like, well, they're not Satan worshipers. They're just trying to reach into the, the deepest realms of the collective subconscious and pull back something uh, tangible that that can prove that there's more than this this reality yeah. at the very least that's what they were trying to do some of the more crazy ones were yeah definitely trying to contact satan and et's as crowley did yeah so when you say you don't believe in reptilians you don't believe in aliens or anything like that either no, I do. I do. Okay. And, and I'm not going to rule out reptilians altogether. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm just saying, like, I was definitely fanatical about it when I, right. when I first came across it. I was like adamant, like thinking that was like for real, you know, and I'm not going to rule it out. It's just I, I've never seen one and I've, I've never come across, you know, substantial evidence that makes me feel like that's, a, that's legit going on. But no, aliens for sure now. But now that I'm older and I've studied this stuff for so many years, I mean, I'm no authority, but I like to study the authorities on these subjects like, you know, Jacques Vallée and, you know, um, all those other dudes that have been studying it for many more years than I have. And I'm kind of starting to like see that as Jacques Vallée puts it and that it's just much more um, this 
phenomenon that of our interaction with these beings is much more conscious and interdimensional than than physical beings from another planet which uh, causes a lot of concern and um it's kind of coinciding with what the religions have been telling us all along you know that there are these shadowy entities that exist in a realm unseen by our eye but can come in and out um as they please or as we summon yeah no i i kind of i would definitely agree with that i don't I'm still up in the air about the whole space thing, you know, like what, what we're, yeah. but uh, I would agree that it is probably more interdimensional, more like it has a spiritual aspect to it. And like you said earlier with the demons and stuff, I do, I do think demons are real, but I do think 90% of the demons people deal with are internal. You know, mm -hmm. these are internal struggles that they have to overcome or, shadow work things like that that people have to get through but yeah it, it's just it's fascinating because at the same time too i have seen shadow entities so it's yeah. it's hard it's hard to rule it out but yeah and it's just like this weird horrible feeling when you see them just like it kind of sucks yeah. just the life out of i so i don't know i mean again these are things i've seen like during sleep paralysis so yeah it's it's uh it's a hard yeah. one to to prove but i know at least it was real to me you know so yeah no i've had similar experiences and I'll, as i'll go into the astral projection experience that was the kind of the climax of my astral projection experiences was coming across one of these beings head on but um i for me as like as a you know independent scholar i i, I just have this like innate like need to just be descriptive or specific about the way i describe things mm -hmm. you know and that's just the way i am but like i mean i personally if we're just having a conversation sure you know we can just talk about things you know just just for fun and just to, just to like work things out but when i'm being academic like even the word demon right like when we were use the word demon we need to understand we're using you know a bad a misunderstood term even there, even there, you know, the Greeks didn't, when the Greeks talked about demons, they didn't mean the things that we're talking about right now, which are right. these shadowy entities that we sometimes see during a sleep paralysis, you know, so <clears throat> I've postulated this stuff a lot throughout my life. And one of the things I've concluded is that these shadowy beings, we need to separate them from, from, uh, what we think are of as like demons and gods because whatever these shadowy beings are to me they're completely different entities and they're kind of playing a game on us and using our psychological um, you know minds to to project themselves as uh, kind of whatever makes sense for us yeah i've often thought that like you know, if if you put two people in the same room and they had the same encounter, would one person see it as a gray alien and one person see it as a demon? Like it's just we're talking about yeah. the same thing, you know. But yeah. it just kind of your worldview, your perspective, your upbringing, all that stuff kind of plays a role into that. So, <clears throat> but yeah. So what what are your thoughts on what these things are? Like let's let's pick that apart a little bit <laughs> because, man. Okay, yeah, no, I've definitely given this thought, and I don't think I'm anywhere near concluding this yet. You know, Me it's probably neither. gonna <laughs> it's probably gonna be an ongoing study for my entire life. But 
Um, it's interesting though, how like a lot of humans, most humans have uh, reported seeing, have reported uh, seeing these things, you know? And uh, like, for example, one person that told the story about seeing one of these beings that tripped me out was Prodigy from Mob Deep, you know, the famous rap group from the 90s. He had an interesting episode on the YouTube series called The Therapist. I recommend people go check that out. Check it out, man. It's pretty dope. So it's, I don't know if you've seen it, The, the Therapist. It's just this dude, he's a therapist, and he talks to different celebrities or entertainers and kind of just works them into their mind and brings out you know, all these things. And Prodigy of Mob Deep tells this crazy story, like these crazy uh, paranormal stories. And he's, he saw a UFO with his wife in the hood and that there was this, um, as he said, this uh, this white dude looking like Jesus walking around the hood looking him, for him for days, but he was out out of town, and he had a message for him. And then um, he said that one night he woke up, he, he he'd pray to God, and he'd always tell God, you know, to show him signs. And one night he woke up and he saw one of these shadow uh, entities, and the way he described it, which was kind of creepy, was that it was like a like a a dark like a lanky Spider Man just like cruising through his room and he was paralyzed as he was watching it. So when I heard Prodigy tell that story, man, I was like, damn, this is like a phenomenon that all humans kind of like go through. And I think it has something to do with our primal mind. And um, so what I'm getting to is I think um, I'm kind of more of a Jungian mindset now. And I think that sometimes what we're witnessing is actually our own subconscious projecting itself into this reality literally our shadow self being projected and sometimes um, the collective unconscious you know things from the collective unconscious can be projected outward and, and into our reality mistakenly and that's kind of when we see like dishes move or random things happening and uh, even to the more extreme, these egregory or these archetypes that exist in those weird realms start to become self-aware, self-spiritual AIs, and might even just like live there and then find ways into this reality. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because when you think about like a haunted house, right? You know, you grow up in a neighborhood, there's one house at the end of the street, no one's lived there, everyone calls it haunted people go in, whatever. And the more people talk about it, the more energy they put into it, they're going to find something in that house, they're going to get creeped out by something and old, whatever it is, but yeah. it almost takes on that energy and it takes on that thing. So it's fascinating that it is like the collective conscious. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's like you, you put two people in the same thing. This one saw a ghost, this one saw a demon, but yeah. they saw something. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the movie it or it just like plays on your fears and it can be whatever it wants to be yeah. which is what makes that movie so great mm -hmm. yeah and that but it's just it's weird because yeah like when in my like sleep paralysis stuff when you would wake up there would be for me it was like some people talk about seeing like the hat man right it's just like a yeah. figure i never saw the hat man for me it was literally just like a big mass like just a big black mass that was if it makes any sense, blacker than black, like you yeah. can still see, there's always a little bit of like ambient light in the room, but this thing was like sucking all the light into it. And it was always yeah. like in a far left corner. Sometimes it would be, feel like it was on top of my chest, but I couldn't see it. I could just feel something like 
crushing me down and stuff. So when you had those experiences, like were there anything that you were doing in particular that you think might have caused it to um, interact with you? If if I'm going to put the paranormal stuff and try to be really scientific about it, I'll say it started when I was like 11 or 12, when we moved into our new house. Yeah. And this was a, my brother saw, he kept seeing a, a ghost in his room at this house. And there was a lot of very weird energy about this place. Um, I would say it's probably a lot of anxiety, you know, being in a new school, things like that, at that age, that, that would probably influence it a little bit. And then as I got older, I was drinking and stuff more from like 17 to I quit drinking when I was 25, but from like 17 to like 22, it was, I was drinking pretty heavily. And I noticed when that had a big influence on it too. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a lot of it is the mind frame, like in 2013, when I had one of my big ones, but it it was just times of stress you know, like graduating college, doing stuff for school and things like that, stress, anxiety, and I would say possibly substance abuse, whatnot, all, all play a big role in how intense they were. But then at the same time too, there were plenty of night. I mean, like I wasn't drinking when I was 12 years old. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, something's going on. Yeah. I'll get into my story, I guess, if you don't mind. Yeah, Uh, for sure. Yeah. So, and I, I asked because of course, you know, the, the more, I guess, I don't know, the more religious mindset would say that, you know, when we tamper with certain things, we kind of call these things into our life, that kind of mindset. But uh, my, my first astral projection experience happened after days of reading when I first started reading the Emerald Tablets of Toth. And this, this whole time period of my life, which was like, you know, 12 to 14 was a strange one. My mind was just, blown i was just going through so much changes again it's like all these changes right happening in the mind and i'm reading the emerald tablets of toth which is completely freaking me out and then uh after like three or four days of reading it i had my first astral projecting experience which wasn't spooky at all it was actually weird i didn't know that i was astral projecting i kind of just woke up attempted to go to the bathroom but kind of just like floated as if i was in the water just downward and that kind of repeated like three times until i actually woke up and i was like that's weird and then it wasn't until about three or four years later when i was like 16 or something i was on house arrest at the time had nothing better to do that summer than just jump back into my cold study started reading the animal tablets again all kinds of weird things and at the time i was actually working on a fictional book where um, I thought it would be interesting to use actual demon names from like Goetia's as some of the characters to see um, if I could like put more power into the fictional story. Because I was kind of realizing that some movies do that. You know, some movies will put like actual names of certain demons or angels and stuff like that. And and I was like, huh, maybe if I do this in a story, it'll kind of create a more powerful impact. But, you know, but... uh, after a few days of doing all that, I had another astral projection experience, but at this time I knew what astral projection was. So I knew that I was astral projecting. I I came out of my body, didn't look at my body uh, regrettably, but I kind of like was looking at my room and then I went through my door and then in the hallway, I saw what you explained. It was just this black mass, this energy, this evil, dark energy entity. 
And in the book of Toth, um, the Emerald Tablets, he teaches you how to dispel these creatures or these beings with your light body. Excuse me. And uh, it's a pretty cool technique and it has to do with, with your brain waves. And I, when I saw this thing, like you said, I was stricken by fear right away. But uh, he tells you and he teaches you in the book that fear is just raw energy being narrated by the mind a certain way. So if you can, as soon as you feel that instance of fear, you need to try your hardest to harness it within those seconds and then transmutate it back into raw energy and then use it back at whatever's causing the fear. And when I saw this thing, almost instantaneously, I remembered that and like it was like a laser beam shot from my mind or whatever to the book and back to me. And then I just dispelled light at this thing and it dispersed. And I went back to my body and I was like, man, that, that was weird. And I would have thought not much of it, you know, had it not been for the next morning. I was on house arrest. I could only go out, you know, with my mom. So she decides to take me to uh, breakfast. And uh, she's always been a kind of a spiritual person. And she asked me at breakfast, uh, you know, how are you doing? Are you all right? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, are you sure? Because last night I walked by your room and I felt such a dark presence that I had to stop and pray for you, which it wasn't really like a normal thing for my mom to say. So when that happened, I was kind of like, damn, like this actually might have happened. No, I just got chills when you said that, like, that's freaking wild, dude, because that, yeah. that, that um, we'll, we'll break all that down. But I had a very similar dream to your first one uh, last April, and it was I got up and I, I think it was a dream. It could have been an astral projection. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it was very vivid and very lucid and uh, I, I could feel everything. But I got up and my room was dark. But like I could see my door and I could see like the light, just the light shining on the just that little crack. So the door yeah. was like highlighted. And I heard my son say, Dad, you know, he was like calling me and I had to like get to my door. And every time like I'd get out of bed, but the bed was like sucking me in, you know, mm -hmm. like the bed wouldn't let me leave. Nothing like no matter what I did, the blankets were like pulling me in as I got onto the floor trying to get the carpet was like pulling me down like everything and as soon as i got to the door to open it i popped and i was back in my bed again and that happened three times so the second time it was a little bit easier you know i was doing and then same thing i get to the door go to open it boom, i'm back in my bed and by the third time i just got up i was like i'm done i'm just walking to the door and i just walked over to the door opened it and then i woke up <laughs> and i was in sleep paralysis so <laughs> what the heck yeah, so that's like it was very similar how you were saying you're kind of floating yeah. down, like you're trying yeah, it's to take like you're in this realm where yeah. like time kind of slows down or something. Yeah, it's bizarre. And it's like to try to explain this to someone, you know, everyone will just say that's a dream, you know, that's yeah. just a dream and whatnot. But yeah, so you were trying to go to the bathroom, you said, right? And then the first uh, yeah. experience I had, yeah, around 13. Yeah, I was just like trying to go to the bathroom, but I just kept floating downwards slowly as if I was like in water. That's about three times. That's so interesting, man. And it's like, <laughs> how do you explain that? But, and then back to this, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but that it's, 
it's very yeah, interesting. I, I don't talk about these things very often you know in, in my work i try to stay away from my more personal experiences and paranormal altogether because in that realm dude it's just like it's just too oh, yeah. unexplainable you know i already have a hard time trying to explain the history of lucifer you know like let alone what these entities are well that's but, why you're uh, on here man to break down this paranormal stuff let's yeah and we that, that's the stuff we really should be trying to understand you know i mean most humans have these experiences and it's like why aren't we trying to just understand what they are more but yeah so and then the, the whole thing with your mother having that yeah. feeling that's that's interesting because yeah my son used to get night terrors when he was mm. about two and you we just couldn't wake him up you know he'd just be in there screaming crying and he'd be awake but like he just wasn't there you know and he'd still be like in that space and stuff and it's like you could feel it like I, I don't know if that's just like the parent connection or just like you would walk by the room and you wouldn't hear anything but it was like something's off and you go check on him and then he'd be moving around in his sleep and I try to wake him up and then that's when it would start but yeah I don't know it's is it just a parental thing like this deep innate like uh certain not survival but just like this knowing like something's wrong yeah. or is it, it are we just more sensitive to the energy and stuff it's just really interesting that your mother felt yeah. that and then prayed and then i always i would wonder too like you moving that energy did her prayer have some power in that too you yeah know? i've thought about that it might have actually just been her you know that gave that power to me in the moment but uh yeah no yeah, I, I don't have kids but um that must be a trip but i have something that kind of relates that that kind of woke me up to the more psychological aspect of this phenomenon because i grew i grew up in a religious family and i i thought demons were real you know to the extent that the church teaches us right. you know and um i was terrified by that growing up and i think the more smaller little paranormal things that I've gone through throughout my life, I, I actually attribute to um, to just my mind playing tricks on itself because of how freaked out I was. Because, I mean, if you're a kid, when you're a kid, you, you wholeheartedly believe, you know, what you think. So if you're a kid and you think demons are real and they're out to get you and they're under your bed, like that's going to mess with your mind and the way you perceive reality. Um, so I grew up, I mean, to this, to this day, man, I have, I have like horrendous nightmares, but, um, growing up that, that was like very normal for me too. And I would always think that things were there, but it wasn't until my nephew told me an interesting story that I kind of like realized well, at least one of the psychological aspects to this, because I think there's definitely a small percentage of this stuff being real and a large percentage of this stuff just being psychological. But before I get into that, there's a blurred line between psychology, magic, and, and you know the other realms anyway. They're just different terms for the same things or different ways of measuring those yeah, like, things. Kind of like going into the abyss or because I've talked yeah. to enough people now that have done that. And then from like my possible astral projection and some weird stuff that's happened with like meditation there is that in between realm where it's, it's looks yeah. like looks like this place but it, it's not you know what i mean and it's yeah. 
st- weird stuff happens in there. So how yeah. do you how do you explain that? And it's I don't know, but I, I like you said, I think a lot everyone experiences it at some point, but most people probably just chalk it up as oh that was a weird dream or I was I was exhausted I was yeah hallucinating or whatever and it's they just glance over it and just try Mm -hmm. to like throw it in the back of their mind but uh, what happened with my nephew that made me realize this and kind of came full circle for me was we were just chilling one night and he was just like hey like he's like do you think clowns are real (laughs) and you know it he's like I think I don't know like seven or eight at the time I'm like, what do you mean? And I think this is around the time when the whole like killer clown thing was happening mm-hmm. around the country. So that was freaking him out. And uh, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, like I hear clowns in my house at night. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, like I'll, I'll hear footsteps at night and I can see them in the closet. You know, he was telling me that he could see clowns in his closet. And I'm just like, dude, what? obviously there aren't clowns in your closet, you know, and I had to kind of walk him through that. And then um, I showed him um, my favorite Bible verse that my mom showed me that I would use when I was a kid to kind of gain confidence. It's like Psalm 27 and it's it's a pretty dope one. It's like just about being strong and confident and how like nothing can phase you. And, uh, but when he was telling me this stuff, yeah, there's clowns in my house, there's clowns in my closet. I, I had to tell him, dude, they're not there. And then it made me realize that all the things, I mean, he's he's not, he's he's a secular dude. He didn't grow up religious. So for his mindset, it's like clowns. And for my mindset, it was demons. So it made, I kind of just had to like laugh. I didn't like laugh in his face about it, but I was just like, oh, wow, dude. Like this whole time as a kid, I was tripping out thinking that demons were in my closet and my nephew's thinking that, you know, there's clowns in his closet. It's just our own minds, you know, messing with us. And it can be dangerous as psychology teaches us that can form into uh, real mental illnesses. Yeah, no, that's, it's interesting because my stepson went through that with, with the clowns too. So that's just kind of a funny synchronicity because that was probably, he was probably about the same age. This was like 2017, 18 around that time. Yeah. So he was probably like seven or eight then he's, turning 12 now but it's it's just interesting man because that age they're still at that that cusp where they they haven't been fully indoctrinated into the matrix you know like my four-year-old dude he if he's pretending he's playing a game or he's doing stuff like he's doing it you know like i'll play along and i'm acting with him but like he'll he'll be in that world and he just the imagination it's just i always say like if i could just see through his eyes for a couple minutes just to remember because i don't remember much until i was probably like five you know like late four turning five is like where my first kind of memories are so i always wonder is that is it just being indoctrinated into the the matrix the system we're in or is it is it some type of um defense mechanism almost like where we have to where we don't remember the things we saw when we were younger because i do believe that little kids like that are kind of in that in-between state at all times yeah i think so too man like i had a imaginary friend when i was a kid um but it was just kind of like i don't know Uh, yeah i mean i had imaginary friend but uh he was just like a bunch of colors i called him Mm -hmm. color man (laughs) and I would talk to him you know and kids are strange like I remember one of my uh other little cousins 
she used to say, oh, my, that's my friend. Like she lives right there. And she would just point in the corner of her room. <laughs> but there wasn't like another story above the above them. So I was just like, don't don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's no friend there. You know, so, yeah, I think uh, they definitely can tap into some other stuff. Yeah, man, it's just it's crazy. So. Uh, with that, like. What are your thoughts on? let's jump into like the demons a little bit more because yeah. I like, I, cause I, I agree. I think most of them are, are subconscious. They are some type of, uh, some, some type of trauma or something you're dealing with internally, but for the stuff that's like you saw the black mass, like how do we, what, do, what would you call that? Like, <laughs> I know I, my term is, uh, what was it? It was like, um, evil entity, evil energy entity. I mean, mm -hmm. that's like the term I, I, I tried, like I was saying, I like to get very specific about the words I use. So it's like, it's definitely evil, you mm -hmm. know, it's energy and it's an entity. So it's like these evil energy entities, which I just realized is e. triple E. Yeah. <laughs> you know, e which is, an, which is an, the noise you make when you see them, I guess. Oh, so, that that, that kind of gets into like the word magic and stuff too a little bit yeah but what what are they man i i, I don't know that's the golden question right there i mean uh the gnostics spoke about them they try they try to you know take that question head on they called them the archons of course you know spawned from sophia and her downfall um you know later christianity just calls them demons um, you know all kinds of cultures and people have tried to deduce what they are all I know is I don't want to <laughs> come across them. There was a time period in my life, though, where I was trying to face them, you know, head on, kind of do some Crowley-type meditations and just, know, just try to interact with them. But that was a bad idea. It's like just, it, it's a bad idea because even just for your own mind, you know, like, for example, I, I love films and I love movies and I can appreciate them. But now I don't like watching like scary movies or like fucked up movies because it's for me, it's just like bad mental health. So when you're like actually trying to contact entities and stuff like that, on one side, yeah, you might actually do it. And that, that's cool. And that's like um, a breakthrough for humanity. I mean, on all kinds of levels. But if you don't and you're just like strength, you know, straining to do this, these weird practices in your mind and interact with these imaginary things i mean that that can just cause destruction in your mental health yeah no I, i'm very similar like the same way when once my son was born I, I can't really watch horror movies and stuff anymore you know especially yeah. anything involving like kids and things like that and it is it's like why like, you know it's as corny as it is you want to try to stay high and vibe high and all that stuff but it's like why watch this shit? I mean, we can turn on the news if you want to watch some <laughs> ridiculous yeah, yeah. stuff, but it's like, yeah. So when you say you were trying to like contact these things and it was a bad idea, did you have a bad experience doing it or was it just? Yeah, I think the whole time period of my life was just bad. Like I was dealing with substance abuse and um, I like <clears throat> had some weird uh, experiences like for example when i go to sleep some of them weren't like scary per se they were just um intense and i didn't wasn't too sure if i actually wanted to follow through with what was happening for example like this one i kind of miss um when i go to sleep this 
bright light would just like turn on in my brain or something. And this, but, and a lot of like yogis and um, like Kundalini, you know, practitioners will talk about that light. And, and it's actually like a hard place to get to. And whatever that light is, it's like calling you. And I was, oh, I was, oh, I would always shut it off before it continued to do whatever it wanted to do because I always felt like it was going to take me and I wouldn't be able to come back. But I started to have some, uh, some other weird things happen, like uh, a lot of sleep paralysis. And um, one of them was weird. Uh, both me and my wife at the time experienced sleep paralysis in the same morning. And it was really weird. So um, I had experienced it first. And she said she looked, she opened her eyes and saw me convulsing. And kind of like, but not like too intense, just kind of like, I don't know, like kind of weird. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what the heck? And she like tried to shake me. And I guess I kind of stopped. And then after that, shortly after that, she fell back asleep and then she had sleep paralysis. And in my experience, I heard this strange static voice saying over and over, um, I'm the one you don't know about. I'm the one you don't know about. And like a very angry, but like staticky voice. And then in her experience, shortly after that, the same morning, some voice was like telling her angrily to take down the dream catcher that we had over our bed. Uh, and another weird thing that happened in that same place, which was a weird place too. We were living in a cabin um, up in some mountains. It was a dope place, really cool, but it was had a very vibey um, feels. For, uh, this one thing happened that was like, okay, maybe I'm taking it too far. Because once I start feeling like I'm actually going clinically insane, that's when I'm like, no, I need to stop because that's uh, hard to get out of. Um, but one time I was taking a shower and I just heard this like, just this kind of like yell in my in my uh studio and i was alone it was like this weird yell like it's like like i don't know this like angry like belching yell and i was just like what the hell like it was just weird i didn't know what to think about it and i think that one kind of spooked me and i was like all right something's trying to come through like i should just chill out that's that's fascinating man that's a lot of weird little synchronicities in that story too, because growing up, I had a, a dream catcher in my room and I got it at some like, kind of like head shop, pawn shop thing up in Lake George, where we were used to vacation and stuff. And I had that thing in my room for years and I never thought anything of it. And then once I started probably around like 2014 ish, when I started like digging into like the Hebrew root stuff and everything was evil, I got rid of that dream catcher and uh, a lot of the weird energy in the room <laughs> lifted up you know i'm not yeah. gonna say it all disappeared because it didn't there was still a lot yeah. of lingering stuff but it was a weird thing because i had some other weird stuff too like weird little like tiki just random stuff you collect and i yeah. kind of got rid of it all and now i kind of wish i didn't get rid of it yeah. you know but it's like it just it makes you wonder like how much energy can get stored into something you know like yeah. these like uh what do you call it like a sigil or a, a talisman or something like that but um yeah, yeah. Like the genie in the bottle kind of thing like mm -hmm. it, it exists and it can exist in objects and kind of just stay there yeah because because i do believe everything has like that energy or, or some type of story behind it i think things like um especially like crystals and stuff like i just started getting into like crystals and things like that but yeah. they definitely store some stuff if you don't clean them right you can feel it you know 
stuff will jump out of your hands. But going back to that story again, that staticky voice. Now, this has happened to me a couple of times. I'll just like lay down on the bed or whatever. And for me, when I'm going to go into like a lucid dream or an astral projection, I'm, again, I, I don't know how to quite differentiate it yet, but it's um, I'll feel myself kind of lifting up and it almost feels like plane turbulence. Like you're kind of mm -hmm. taking off. It's like this, like shaking, like, and then like, yeah. And I usually snap myself out of it before I let myself go. But yeah. I've had times where I'm just laying there and it almost feels like, you know, when you're like tuning a radio, like an old school one, and you're in between the channels and you can kind of hear a voice, but it's still staticky and things like that. I've yeah. heard that like in my head. And it's like, if I just sit there and like, let it sit in for a second, I can kind of listen. And then I snap out of it and I'm like, no, 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 I can't do that. But so that's so interesting. It's almost like, are we in some type of simulation are we in some type of thing and these things are kind of crossing in or we're just tuning in with our brain waves yeah. you know i what are your thoughts on that because okay. that's something i've experienced a lot of times hearing that yeah. staticky voice yeah i, I uh <clears throat> i've kind of been talking about this lately too um it's one of the things that i came across after the book was written which i wish i would have came across before because i would have kind of put it in there but um not sure if you heard me talk about it already or if you know about it, but uh, I just recently uh, dropped a documentary on the CIA's declassified uh, document that goes into Project Gateway. Mm -hmm. have, have you uh, looked into that at all? Or? I have not. I've heard of those documents. That's the holographic universe and everything like that, right? Yeah. So I recently read the document. It's like 30 something pages and uh it's fascinating stuff man uh, so it all comes from this dude named robert monroe and his institute which still exists today and the robert monroe institute has practical i guess scientific methods on um teaching you through a course how to astral project and, and how to remote view um how to lucid dream and for the most advanced students which are a very small percentage um, of human beings altogether how to um, tra travel into the past and the, and the future and how to uh, ascend different dimensions. So that institute still exists, but uh, the CIA did a study on, on Robert Monroe's findings and his work and released the document in 2003, but it was originally put together in the eighties. So I did a documentary on it, kind of summarizing it. But when I read that document, it sh shook my mind and broke another paradigm. And I was kind of, sh you know, I kind of just shook for a whole week, man, my whole perspective on life changed again. And uh, it convinced me, still still convinces me that, yeah, we live in a holographic universe. And what I liked about it is that the document gives credit and respect to all the ancient cultures and admits that they were right all along and what they were trying to say and convey were um, what we now know scientifically. And they say specifically that you know, the ancient cultures, like the shamans, for example, like shamans or, or, you know, the gurus or just the mystics in general were explaining and experiencing life through the right brain, talking about entities, talking about dimensions, talking about heaven and hell through the right brain. But this document helps to portray that through the left brain, a more scientific understanding. They're both saying the same thing, but just different verbiage. But uh, yeah, man, after reading that, I'm convinced we live in a holographic universe. There are different dimensions. And in the document, he states, very, in just one sentence, 
it just randomly in one sentence doesn't go in, any further into this, but says that you that the participant needs to prepare and protect themselves uh, before they ascend into these different dimensions because they may or may not encounter lower vibrational entities. And then just carries on from there. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to definitely check that out. And where where can people find that documentary? It's on your YouTube, right? Yeah, the documentary is on YouTube, uh, uh, Esoteric Eddie TV. Um, the document itself is out there, uh, Project Gateway, declassified CIA document. That's so fascinating, man, because when you hear like holographic universe, so what are your thoughts on that? Is, is it some type of simulation or is it is it all just a projection of the mind, kind of like the hermetic principles kind of teach, like this is all? Yeah, yeah, pretty much like... Uh, we're all saying the same thing just in different ways it's pretty much what the hermetics teaches us but uh i mean even quantum science tells us right that nothing is solid but what this document goes into more detail about is that we are confined to a certain realm which is what the gnostics would call you know uh the anthropocene you know or or uh you know what the mystics would call the test the great test you know the karmic cycle right but we're, we are trapped in this what the document calls time space dimension and it's a small dimension and that there are other dimensions above it um, that, that resonate at higher vibrations and that um, above all of them or not necessarily above but wherever it exists up down left to right you know uh, exceeding all of those dimensions is infinity and um, infinity is where time and space don't exist. And because time and space don't exist, all things that ever are, ever would be exist in that dimension. And this is similar to what Edgar Casey would call the Akashic Records, um, or, some, or pretty much is, could be heaven as well, right? Mm. Um, it's where your consciousness will transcend to after this place. But uh, if you don't, you know, try to prep for that or strengthen yourself for that, as like the Egyptian texts would tell us, the uh, or the yogis would tell us, then your consciousness is going to be, you know, kind of just dissipate or be taken at the helm of these lower vibrational entities. Yeah, man, that's, I I, I agree with that, because I always, I, I joke around, but I'm half serious when I say it. it's like, we're living in hell, like, this is the trial and tribulation, this is the stuff, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And it's like, what are your thoughts on them? I say them, you know, they, my conspiracy mind, the deep state and all that, like trying to keep us trapped here, you know, because I, I do feel like they, uh, there is a push from some type of entity or whatever that's trying to keep us in those low vibes to keep us from ascending out of it. And like, yeah you mentioned the Akashic records and I'm, I, I don't know if I heard this somewhere or I came up, I, I don't know, but I, I have this thought that the, and I agree with it. It's that the internet is like a knockoff version of the Akashic records. And it's like, like a cheap man-made version that everyone's yeah. addicted to the internet now, you know, even 15 years ago, you know, you, you didn't know something, you just didn't know it. You know, there was no need yeah. to look up all this, like, useless information but now it's like you're watching tv it's like oh when was that actor born you can just look that shit up and i feel like this yeah. is like some some trap to kind of keep us in this matrix to keep us in this physical 
plane. But yeah. I, I, I think at the same time, too, we can all access the, the real Akashic records, these other dimensional things. It's just we have to tap into that. So, yeah, man, that's actually a pretty cool way to put it. Um, <clears throat> that the internet is kind of a limitation, as it, like theologians would say, you know, Satan imitates and God creates. So Satan is always Satan or the archons, whatever, you know, it's always going to want to imitate what the creator does. And I think uh, I think there is a, a huge motive for these archonic entities to want to keep us here trapped in, you know, the karmic cycle per se, because I think without us here, they can't exist because they are egregory. They are just archetypes. They're, they're like spiritual AI. So without somebody here perceiving them um, they can't exist but we can only perceive them to an extent because if we were to fully be aware of them and what they're doing we would attack or we would liberate ourselves so they're just slowly pulling us in until we're just got and there's no way of combating them and then now they're just going to perpetually exist here forever in their own little realm and and um i heard a theory that kind of freaked me out the other day that the grays are uh, the humans that like bought bought into that from the future and are coming back pissed off and like just messing with us because they're just angry at themselves for buying into that future of technology and ai and syncing with it yeah no i've heard a lot of theories similar to that with the grays that they are possibly a human race that has become dependent i've also heard that they might be kind of um what's the word I'm like like robots like biological yeah. things and it's just interesting to think like it, it are they coming back pissed off or are they coming back to warn us and they don't have the language to tell us like don't do this but yeah it's uh it's really interesting but it's so the the idea you said there that without us giving them paying attention to these things they couldn't exist and i've had um in in these lucid dreams that i've had there was, I had that big one and there was about 10 or 12 entities in this dream that were trying to get me to sign a document. And uh, they were all, I call them the generic businessmen because they all look, they're just in black and white suits. Yeah. And basically at the end of this dream, I, I come conscious. They're trying to make me sign this thing. I, I, I refuse. And as I refuse, their faces start morphing into like these very demonic faces. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I finally just say no, and I push away, and I woke up in sleep paralysis. But I've had probably six or seven dreams from 2013 to 2016 where those those entities were in there, and they always looked like it, that the way I described them, like in in the suits and everything, and they would just show up in places, or they'd be standing in a corner watching me and things like that, and they would always try to get me to either sign something or come somewhere or do, and. <clears throat> So the first couple of times they kind of got me in those like dreams and I'd have to like break out of it and I'd be in sleep paralysis, but I noticed towards the end and I was, you know, invoking the name of Jesus Christ and that made them kind of disappear. But the last one or two dreams I had with them, I literally just said, no, I'm not interested. And then they just like in this like lucid dream where you can kind of control it. Yeah. I was just like, no, nah, I'm not dealing with you right now. And they would just go away. So it's so interesting to, to like, kind of tie it that together into this it's like if you don't pay attention to this stuff it doesn't exist anymore and it like 
it's kind of like the whole idea of the matrix if you if you get out of the matrix yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. it's just and i call it like getting on the train getting off the train and most people are not <laughs> gonna get off the train nah man it's sad yeah i got i have this other um, story i just remember right now this was like early on in my studies um around that time period too like 2013 2014 and i also feel like we all kind of like go through these periods together of like i don't know little cycles that kind of wake people up mm -hmm. but around that time period um me and my friends thought it would be funny to go steal the local uh female freemason sign it's the uh what is it called it's the local it's the, the female branch of freemasonry uh order of the eastern star okay which is literally a pentagram that's that's their symbol it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pentagram but it's got cool little colors on it <laughs> and so uh we thought it'd be cool to go steal that and then put it on my coffee table which it was we and, and but this is <laughs> but again this is me messing with things you know that may or may not have spiritual effects um so i stole that thing kept it on my coffee table and during this time period I was still, I was researching a lot, but still kind of stuck on the demon uh, mindset, like kind of like thinking of that those things were out to get me and I needed to combat them, you know, through prayer and stuff. Um, but after a few weeks of like going through this paradigm shift of researching and going through conflict in my mind, I had this strange dream, lucid dream where I was like in the desert and there's these two hags on each side. Um, uh, you know, just like insulting me and, and trying to convince me to not take this sign back. And I, and the, I was in the desert sweating and I had the sign on my back and I was like, just paying them no mind. I was like, no, I'm taking this sign back. And then they were just like, just laughing at me. And then I woke up from that dream in, in my room and it was like sometime between three and four. And I just had like this huge, like wave of like panic over me. And I, my heart was like pounding like crazy and I felt like I was gonna like pass out and I could still hear the these hags these voices and like there was like this weird vibrational whooshing going on and I just could see like colors going around like I was kind of out of it and I was like well, what the heck like it was a very psychedelic experience and after I calmed myself down I said all right I'm taking that sign back so as soon as the sun hit my apartment I, I took the sign back and just left it on the porch of the Freemason Lodge so you're not messing with those guys. That's that's why. So you said they were trying to convince you not to take it back in the dream. Yeah, that's insane. So it's almost like they wanted you to keep that sigil that. Yeah, man. We were, yeah, we were just having it right there in the living room, smoking weed, doing mushrooms, literally like doing rituals around it, pretty much, you know. <laughs> that's insane dude and it, again do you, you wonder like is that just your conscious your subconscious like telling you you know it was wrong to steal it whatever but yeah. at the same time given what the sign was the fact that it was like a pentagram and stuff like was there some spiritual energy charged into that thing that that's that's a wild one dude um and then you mentioned uh psychedelics i haven't done psychedelics but i'm fascinated in them have you had any uh paradigm shifting things happen with psychedelics and if, if, oh, whatever yeah. you're comfortable sharing you know yeah uh, i mean i've only done mushrooms um lsd a little bit of salvia and i believe that's it but mushrooms i've done a lot of mushrooms throughout my life started doing them around 14 um i don't like to take full-on trips anymore 
Um, every now and then I might do a micro dose, you know, in like a tea form or something. But uh, yeah, dude, doing mushrooms at like 14 to like 16 is just, just not a good idea. But uh, dude, that, that's just insane. Like the fact that we can just ingest something like that, that's natural and it just takes you to a whole nother world. It's just in itself mind boggling. But um, as far as like, I, <clears throat> yeah, I've had some weird trips. Like there was just one where my friend at the time, my best friend at the time lost his mind. He was always a psychonaut, still is to this day. And he would, he would, we'd always do way too much. And he, and I'd hop on with him and do way too much. And, uh, but this one time he snapped, his, his mind snapped and he started questioning reality too much as we started peaking. And mushrooms are insane, dude. They can be crazy. Like we we're listening to music and the music just transformed. We were listening to like Wu Tang and it, it wasn't Wu Tang, dude. It, it was, it was just sounded like entities talking a different language that was insane and i was just like dude turn it off turn it off and then we we turned the tv on and this is just mind-blowing it's just crazy how psychedelics can just take control of your perception and just do whatever they want with it um so we were watching tv and these these faces dude would just pop up on the tv like from weird angles and this one female face kept popping up and like spinning around slowly and just kept saying the reptilians are real the reptilians are real and like would zoom out and then uh like just weird stuff like that would happen very zany and i'm like dude shut the tv off let's just chill here and like kick it and then he's just kind of like pacing around the room just just start looking in the mirror and growing up we were always told never look in the mirror when you do mushrooms and it's just like a superstition because you'll start to trip out on your body and yourself and it'll morph and he started doing that for too long and started questioning himself and then started questioning me and was like who are you and i thought he was being philosophical about it but he was like no legit like who are you like what are you doing here and he just lost his mind and he couldn't associate with reality anymore and he went into the fetal position in the closet and started crying and his mom came in the room and i'm tripping balls at this at this point and trying to keep my composure and this is like the story my story with psychedelics throughout my whole life i'm always the one who has to keep the composure for the adults when they come in but i'm keeping my composure talking to her as her um eyes are like multiplying <laughs> and she's just like what what's wrong with max and i'm like oh i don't know he's been like that for the past hour and then <laughs> But uh, I end up having to go home. His weird stepdad takes me home. He was always like a weird dude. And like the whole ride home, I thought he was going to murder me. <laughs> he didn't say anything. But like looking back on it now, he was probably just, this was like all like a midnight on like a school day. So he was probably just like, just annoyed, just got out of bed. Like I got to go drop this freaking kid off. But I'm like tripping out, looking at him, like staring at him, like <laughs> he's going to murder me. Like this sucks. I would love to hear like his testimony on that night. Like, <laughs> you know, it's so yeah. funny. But yeah, no, it's the psychedelics, man. There's something that I I want to try. I feel like I am slightly ready for them. I again I don't know, but because of like all the lucid dreams and things that I've had, yeah. I think I could pre be prepared to do it. But uh, again, you never know until you do it. But the whole the whole idea of the mushroom and all these ancient cultures kind of basing a lot of stuff off of that is just so fascinating and it makes you yeah. i don't know it's just why why are they so demonized and I, I mean i get that there's practical reasons that you don't want you know 
12, 13 year olds tripping balls all the time. <laughs> yeah, dude. But, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I would say if, if there's anybody that has gotten me comfortable about mushrooms in particular, it's Terrence McKenna, you know, listening to his talks on the mushrooms and stuff like it makes it sound like it's like it's a good time, you know. I mean, he warns you, I mean, regardless, like it's going to be a wild ride, but just the way that he's so like calm and experienced and confident about it, like. I would, I would advise anybody who's thinking about doing mushrooms, just listen to some Terrence McKenna over a few days. And I think he'll prep you more than anybody else could. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, I, I, I'm not being a dad and everything like that. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> get a weekend alone where I can actually oh, yeah. do something like that. But That's what I say too. Like I'm never doing a full trip ever again until I have like a week to myself because you definitely become a, a different person when you're on it. Man, that's that's fascinating. But um, yeah. Do you have any other paranormal experiences uh, paranormal. or spiritual? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you one story that's weird. Like I said earlier, there's only two stories in my life that occurred that uh, I that really impacted me, and that I can kind of say were real. All the other ones, I don't know, right? But this one is very weird because there are two witnesses there and it's not necessarily spooky but it's it's a glitch in the matrix story okay so uh i was like in ninth grade at the time hanging out with my friend max and our other friend gumby what's his nickname and uh so we used to like we were just stoner nerds so we used to like just roam around and find cool spots in forest smoke and, and uh bus freestyles over like instrumentals so uh we go to this quarry in my hometown and we go through these like, we go through these uh, bushes and then there's a conveyor belt at the quarry that we jump over. We go up this little mound of rubble and we stand on the top of the mound and we smoke some weed and we bump some instrumentals. And, and that is an important part of the story, as you'll see. So Max, he was always the one with the weed. Um, so he had an ounce of weed in a Ziploc bag. And then Gumby, he's the one with the boombox, the iPod. And I would usually just entertain them with freestyles or stories. And then, uh, so we're up there for, for like an hour, smoking, listening to music. We decide to leave the quarry or leave the spot. So we we get, we uh, slide down this little mound of like rubble, you know, all high thinking it's fun. And, but uh, right at the base of it is that conveyor belt. And so you only have a little bit of time to like get, catch your footing. Uh, me and Max catch our footing, jump over the conveyor belt, but Gumby, um, he uh, hits the conveyor belt. His shin hits the conveyor belt, <laughs> tumbles over it. So now he's all bummed out and he's bleeding instantly out of his shin. So um, we decide not to go back the way that we came from through all the bushes, but instead take the safe path all the way around the conveyor belt. So me and Max are kind of like a few... Uh, a few meters ahead of Gumby, kind of laughing, whatever, like look, looking back, making sure he's okay. And he's kind of just hobbling, taking a look at his leg. And probably about four or five minutes on the path, <clears throat> I take uh, a look to my right and I see just sitting there perfectly a bag of weed and an iPod. And before Max can see it, I kind of like push him out of the way and I, I jump for it. I'm like, yo, and I grab it. And I'm like, check this out. And Max is like, what? No way. And then Gumby, come, Gumby comes hobbling over and he's like, what's going on? And we're like, I'm like, I just found this. And we're looking at the weed and the iPod. And then we kind of look at it again. And Max looks at looks in his pockets and his bag of weed is missing. 
And then we realize that that's Gumby's iPod. So somehow their weed and their and their iPod had glitched out of their person, you know, their person, and ended up right there on the path. And I know it's just a strange story, and um, but it happened, and and I don't know how, I don't know why, and to this day, Gumby he he thinks that we played a trick on him. Um, to this day, I'll call my friend Max and just ask him like dude did that really happen like and he'll just be like i mean i guess you know i guess and I, again i don't like to really bring these things up because man like no you know it's a very unbelievable thing but it happened and i don't know what to make of it that's that's bizarre so you guys didn't walk that way coming in no so there's no, no way that's man that's that's a wild one dude that's almost like some trickster spirits in the woods just like yeah with well, you. it's interesting you bring it up because during that time period we um we had like this running meme you know uh, 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 among our friends about the skinwalkers our other younger friend little max <clears throat> told us the stories about the skinwalkers and about you know the native american stories how some of the <clears throat> you know mystics would like sacrifice animals or humans and would be able to take shape shift into animals so we had this running meme about skinwalkers at the time and we were like freaked out we're like oh dude it was a skinwalker and we like just ran out of there and in my hometown um there are a lot of a lot of weird things have happened there are a lot of paranormal things there have been indian burial grounds found and a lot of people that are from my hometown <clears throat> Um, have a certain we all have a certain sentiment about it and we all kind of have our own weird little stories like that of like paranormal stuff yeah that's that's amazing dude like <laughs> again like what was it was it something took those out but because i can imagine the like joy seeing it like oh shit, yeah. look at what we just found but yeah. uh yeah that's wild dude i, I that kind of yeah. triggered a memory i had and I, I got to get my friend on the show because he's in the air force now. So he keeps telling me he's not going to come on, but I've had some wild experiences with this guy. Uh, we, we sailed up the East coast on a sailboat with it. This is wild stuff, but this probably happened. I don't remember the date exactly. Uh, I want to say it was like around 2013 when I like graduated college, <clears throat> yeah. maybe, maybe that summer, summer of 2013. But we were smoking weed and we were just riding our bikes around. And I'm from a small town, you know, we know pretty, but it's a, it's a rural place, but there's a lot of stuff. And we're just riding around on some of these back roads by our house. And we've done this thousand times, you know, and uh, we were high. We were making jokes because they roll up all the haystacks and shit. We were like pretending to film a National Geographic thing about the wild haystacks in the woods yeah. and stuff. But we, <clears throat> we parked the bikes and we hopped over a guardrail and we were walking and we found this freaking waterfall. Now, we've been here, done this stuff a hundred times and been around, and I, I've never been able to find this waterfall again, but it was just the wildest thing. We walked down this little trail and we found this little waterfall and we were just chilling, smoking weed, having a good time at this waterfall. And dude, I'm telling you, I, 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 we tried to go back, can't find it. <laughs> I've no driven way. by, I've driven by it not often because i live about an hour away from my hometown now but i've gone down there with my wife we've tried to look for this i'm just trying to think like 
was it because there's a couple different guardrails that it could have been and i'm like did i just not yeah. remember it properly i've gone to three different ones and i there is no trail anywhere there's no mention of a water like there's just no waterfall and i, I know we weren't we just smoked weed i didn't hallucinate yeah. this shit and it's just it's weird was that like some weird little like glitch in the matrix that we just yeah. saw something and i, I want to get him on the show and talk about some of this stuff but he's like nah dude i can't do that so. <laughs> yeah dude i mean stuff happens all the time and it's it's hard to believe but it happens and when it happens to you you're like oh okay like yeah, yeah it's, it's real and that's the thing like it's such a small town it's like where's that waterfall uh, on that road and people are like there's no waterfall on that road <laughs> like what the hell are you talking what the heck, man? and uh, dude I, i've never told that story on the show before but it's just your story in the woods reminded me that at the quarry it's just like what how do you explain this stuff and i, I know i'm saying that a lot on the show. like <laughs> I mean, how do you explain it but it's it's just it's a better way to phrase it man because it's really how do we you know I, <clears throat> yeah i don't know i don't know either man but um yeah we've been going about an hour and a half just about do you want to tell everyone where they can find your book where um yeah. your youtube channel all that good stuff absolutely so you can you can find me um on instagram at esoteric eddie upload some cool interesting stuff there every now and then um, also on YouTube at Esoteric Eddie TV, got some videos and documentaries on there. Just released this new book, uh, The Lucifer Mystery Revealed. Uh, it's just a, histor a historical perspective on, on Lucifer and how the idea of, of it has changed throughout the church and the occult. And I kind of reveal who Lucifer really was um, or the character that Lucifer was really based on. Um, yeah, just you stay in touch, um, follow the movement. I'm going to uh, have a lot more uh, cool things coming out over the years that I'm already uh, prepping for. That's awesome, man. And I'll definitely have you back on. We can shoot this shit anytime, dude. For um, sure. But yeah, man, thank you so much. And everyone, go follow him. Go get his book. It's on Amazon. And uh, watch some of his documentaries on YouTube. I'm about, as soon as we hang up this, I'm going to watch the uh, Holographic Universe one oh dude for sure yeah let me know what you think about it but it's deep I, stuff i will so uh eddie thank you so much for coming on and uh we'll do it again soon hey thank you <clears throat> all right all, all right, right yeah. folks we're we're back because we started talking after the show and eddie's like i still got a few more stories so here's absolutely. some bonus bonus content for you folks absolutely eddie, take it away man all right so this one uh involves my brother um he's, he's uh, one of my older brothers and he's got a lot of paranormal stories but uh he's struggled with uh with abuse substance abuse but again you know drugs and, and psychology and all that stuff is kind of just there's different techniques or different methods of, of interacting with those other realms right so i don't necessarily discount with what drug addicts have to say or, or people that are on drugs have to say because they're just seeing things that aren't normally you know perceptible to us sometimes and uh so this story is one of those stories so at the time me and my brother were living in my parents house and i was going to sleep i was already in bed and um he'd had been on a binger not sure what drug but he'd been on a binger pretty, pretty much meaning that he'd been up for days and um, starting to kind of lose himself at this point. But he was outside, and outside of my parents' house, 
And he was having a full-on conversation with what he thought was me. And at one point of the conversation, he's smoking a cigarette. He looks back up at, at me or what he thought was me. And this entity is just staring at him. It's just ugly thing, he said. And he's just like stricken by fear. And then the entity just starts running away. And then in his, uh, you know, messed up mind, he kind of still thought it was me for some reason running away. And he's just like, what, what? Starts running after me. And he's like, Eddie, where are you going? Where are you going? And then um, the entity, he says, just sprouts wings and just soars off into the sky and disappears. And then at that moment, he realized it wasn't me and stops, turns around, runs towards the house. And I'm sleeping and I hear him. I'm fumbling at the door. I'm a light sleeper. Anything will wake me up. So I hear him fumbling at the door, opens it, like shuts it, and just runs towards the room, freaking out. Like, what the fuck was that? What was that? And then he just opens the door and jumps in the bed. And I'm just like, what the heck, dude? Like, I'm trying to sleep, you know? Like, can you go to the couch? Because we would, like, share the bed or the couch, alternate. Um, and he's like, no, dude, like, let me just sleep, sleep with you tonight, please. And I was just like, and at this point, I didn't know what he just saw or went through. I'm like, all right, dude, whatever. Just keep it down, though. You know, I'm, I got to go to work in the morning. And um, he he's a, a, a very heavy sleeper, opposite of me. But he falls asleep right away. And um, he starts, like, doing these weird exorcist movements, dude, like convulsing. But his, 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 his wrists are, like, convulsing in these weird movements. And then he starts, his body starts moving up and down, like as, as if something was bouncing him. Like he, like only one half of his body is bouncing up and down very strangely as if somebody, something was literally bouncing him. Like a hospital bed, like moving up and down. You're exactly. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Dude. He was like face down. So he's face down doing this movement while his arms and hands are convulsing. And then he's just, just kind of like, silently screaming like no like saying no like no please no and i'm just like right there in the bed next to him trying to go to sleep like seeing this freaking out like what the heck and i know about his drug abuse so i'm kind of concerned at this moment like is he having a seizure what's going on but i'm also like aware of spiritual things so i'm like is this a spiritual attack and i just suddenly feel this like huge feeling of like just something's there in the room so I just got up and left the house altogether. Call this is like two or three in the morning. I called my cousin, who's very close to my brother, who you know is familiar with his drug abuse. And I'm just like, yeah, I wake him up from sleep and I'm like, yo, dude, like, you know, my brother, he's freaking out. Like, what do you think? Like, is this like a seizure? Should I call the ambulance? What do I do? And he's just like, dude, like, wake up your parents. Like, why are you waking me? You know, and I, but he's like, if it gets any crazier, like yeah i called the ambulance i'm like all right all right so like I, I you know at the time we're living with our parents so i'm like knock on the door and i'm like hey like you know my brother he's like he's being really weird like what do we do and then like, we like peek inside the room and he's just like he stopped doing the bouncing thing but he's still like sleeping in a very weird position and just like moving around a lot and um my parents didn't want to like call the ambulance or anything because he was on probation and has this record going on and it could cause him to go back to jail. So, there, so my parents were just like, keep an eye on him throughout the night. If he turns purple or starts doing weird things, then yeah, call the ambulance. So um, he ended up being fine, you know, didn't have to call the ambulance. 
but he doesn't he didn't remember anything the next morning and um it wasn't until days later that his memory came back to him and then i didn't want to pry into the situation uh, out of respect you know but i had to know what happened eventually so I, one day when he was like sober-minded and we were both chilling I asked him, I was like, yo, what was up with that other night? Like, why did you run into the house freaking out? And and I told him about what he was doing, the convulsions, and and he's and then it snapped, it, it snapped back. And he was like, Oh, dude, like and he told me the beginning of the story where he saw that entity and all that. And then when he told me that, I like went pale and I was like, What, dude? Like, you just saw all of that, and then you decided to come into the room with me. You know, so I'm here like next to you with that like entity's energy. And um, I was freaked out for days. And I actually like days after, you know, I was, I was still sleeping in that room. And days after I had this weird feeling that something was there. It was just me and my little dog. And I felt like something was there. And I was just like trying to just like look past it. Like, dude, I don't care right now. Like, I just need to go to work in the morning. But uh, it's kind of like, I'm hesitant to share this because again, I don't like to feel clinically insane, but um, I was, as I was laying there, I clearly, clearly heard something say my name, just said Eddie, like deep in that room. And now it's just like, whoa, like that was powerful, but I'm going to ignore that. And I pretend like that didn't happen and just kind of brush it off. So um, I think drugs, uh, if we listen to people, you know, who do drugs, um, they have some fascinating things to, to say. They come across the paranormal more often than we do. And I think some of them are under spiritual attack for sure. I, I think so, too. I mean, like we talked about in the episode, it was just like. I never got blackout drunk, but there was a few nights that I drank too much, you know, and there was definitely some weird stuff that happened but that's that's crazy man he he so he doesn't remember any of the the convulsing uh, or any of that stuff no he doesn't remember that at all he remembers the weird entity thing but yeah he's got a lot of stories like that's the second time that he had a full-on conversation with with what he thought was me there was another time where he came to the house and he thought he had a full-on conversation with me. And he asked me about it. He's like, hey, were you home during this day? I was like, no, dude, I've, I've been gone for like a few days. So he's, yeah, he's definitely went through some weird stuff. That's, that's very interesting. Um, you know, that, yeah, because, you know, everyone talks about, you know, psychedelics, you know, mushrooms, LSD, DMT, all this stuff, but no one talks about any of the heavier drugs or anything like that. And like, yeah, stuff the that, uglier ones. Right. And it's, I just wonder, are there certain entities that do it? Cause I mean, people talk about entities with, you know, DMT, they, they have like the, the clockwork elves or whatever they say. It just makes you wonder, are there other entities attached to specific things that just open up different channels in the mind, but to have yeah. that physical reaction, that, that must have been terrifying to see, man. I, oh. I can't even imagine. Yeah, dude, I, I had to leave the house. Like, I left the house freaking out. That's, I didn't know what to do in the moment. That's that's insane. I'm going to have to sit and think about that one because it's just like, yeah, what do you do in that situation? You just have to 
hope nothing bad happens they don't hurt themselves and yeah. and then then there's the obvious medical stuff like is it is it a seizure is this something yeah. serious but were them it looked like someone was banging him up and down was it that's got to be so weird so his back was like arching up like this yeah like, dude yeah his legs were straight and he was on his belly and just his upper half was going up and down like violently that's that's wild dude that's absolutely wild. That, i mean because that's not like a natural movement you know if he was like in the fetal position moving back and forth okay that's yeah. something you know but that's that's scary dude yeah <laughs> and it's oh yeah it's because of all these random uh like paranormal paranormal experiences that i've gone through throughout my life that i don't share in my work that i try to be like very academic mm -hmm. you know because it's not that i'm you know discrediting this stuff no like as you now know i've been around this stuff my whole life but it's so unexplainable and i don't know what to do when it happens so i just try to be like academic and sober-minded as possible um, because that stuff's just freaking man that's that's crazy well i'm glad we hopped back on and told that one because that <laughs> yeah that is fascinating but um yeah man i know you got more stories and uh we'll definitely do this again so yeah thank you for that <laughs> you're welcome thank you And that's the show, folks. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, could you do me a huge favor and run over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review? Um, you know, you can just click the stars or what really helps is if you leave a nice little comment. Tell me what you like about the show. Tell me your favorite episode. Tell me a paranormal experience you've had. You know, any, anything helps. And I really do uh, read all these uh, reviews and, and take any criticism and do everything i can to improve the show um yeah these reviews and uh ratings really help the show grow and the other thing you can do is share the show if you enjoy an episode share it put it on social media you know tell people about it send it via texts i don't really care how you share it but sharing the show will help it grow and that means more episodes more guests bigger guests smaller guests more everyday people will uh come on and start sharing their experiences you know it's great talking to other podcasters but i really want to hear from the listeners you know people that have these experiences that you know don't have anyone else to share them with you know or you know if your family thinks you're crazy or you're starting to think you're crazy come on let's talk about it and uh see if we can uh get to the bottom of it because i guarantee well, i know you're not alone in these experiences but i guarantee there's someone out there that's had a similar experience to you so you know thank you to everyone who does listen and uh i'll see you on the next episode